0: Susan, Jordan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I am. I'm. Candid, I'm tired because we've just spent the entire weekend working on the inner circle. Yeah, but yeah, I'm feeling I'm ti- good. Feeling I am tired too. Same.
1: At same. Tired, but very accomplished.
0: We have some big news, or or you have some big news.
1: Well, yeah, you,
0: it is <laughs> your thing. You've. You have a new book.
1: You had a big stake in this happening, though. So yes, I have a new book coming out. What's it a called? new book? I mean, it's
0: a book. What's it called? It's called "Fit at Any Age." It's never too late. Fit at any age. It's never too late. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into this. That being said, before we get into it, if anybody wants to grab "Fit at Any Age," you can go to the link in the show notes and you can get it right now. Uh, Susan, do me a favor. Tell me about what's the overall purpose of the book what does it tell what's the story like just an overall brief overview
1: well technically it's a memoir so story of kind of my life but not from you know the perspective of in seventh grade I did this and then in eighth grade I did this and it's not that kind of memoir it is more of a fitness memoir so it is is A little bit about me and my family and that kind of thing, but what I do is I go into all of the fitness-related mistakes I made over the past, I don't know, 40, 50 years um, as I had struggled to lose weight. You know, I was the lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, could never really get it all together, and I made a ton of mistakes, a lot, very common, a lot of people make them, and the whole point of this book is to kind of walk you through all those To show you that you're not the only person on the planet that's ever made mistakes and how mistakes don't have to be the end like it doesn't mean you can't change anything and it certainly doesn't mean you can't change anything when you're well into your 50s which is what happened with me so that's the purpose is to give you hope and and let you know that you're not alone and that if i can do this you can do it too Absolutely, it's never too late, hence the subtitle.
0: Do a lot of people look at you now, which by the way, how old are you right now? 60. 60 years old. Do a lot of people look at you now and just assume you've always been strong and you've always been fit and you've just never struggled with fitness? Yeah, all the time.
1: All the time, you get people
0: who say they think you're on steroids, right? Oh, oh,
1: (laughs) that—that—that's
0: the funniest part. You and I laugh about that
1: because I don't know a thing about steroids. I mean, (laughs) I have no idea what they are. I don't know their names. I don't even. Where would you get them? I don't know. I don't know any of that. And the the people that credit me with knowing that, you know, thank you. I guess. I mean, it's a compliment. Yeah, in in indirect way. Yeah. No, I'm not an athlete. I wasn't a sports kid. I was a sports fan. I grew up in a family that were Washington sports fanatics. So I knew a lot about sports. And I think people assumed from that even that I was athletic, but I wasn't. I tried. I I did try a stint on my middle school swim team. No good. Um, I did try um, some softball when I was younger um, but none of that clicked. I was a music person. I was that music kid. That's where I excelled. But I never was athletic. And I was clumsy and the whole nine yards, you know. I, so I don't have any of those traits.
0: <laughs> what? How old were you when you really started to make fitness a priority and really started to change your life in terms of fitness and health and strength training and all of that?
1: Well, I mean, the real serious stint with that was in my 50s for sure. But I had been in the gym before and I, I talk a lot about the different time periods of what it was like working out back in the 80s and 90s in group classes and the the reality of what those were like and, and how, um, going to the gym was I mean it was a different the the weight training section section back in the 90s was full of big burly guys mm-hmm. there weren't very many women in there at all it was mostly classes that I did that's how that was my entrance way back in the late 80s early 90s um, but it wasn't until in all honesty when you and I started working together that everything pivoted and changed. And, um, and it wasn't that I had to live, breathe, and eat this. You know, like people think you have to be consumed by it or obsessed with it. That's not what it was. But it was just getting the right information, having the right people around you, and taking things one step at a time. Um, and it, it, at the age of 54, or whatever I was, however old yeah, 54, I was, 55. something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 Some, something like that. So yeah, it is, um, but I've been in a gym before. So it's not like I was new to working out. I had worked out with trainers for years. You know just the gym trainer i would eye the trainers at the gym and pick one that i would like to work with based on how i saw them interact with people and things like that and i learned actually a lot from each one of them Mm -hmm. and they came at different periods of time in in society so things were different and they all brought something different to the table um and they all had their hand in me getting to love it and Mm. and that was significant over 25
0: 30 years earlier today you and i did a uh inner circle live Q&A mm-hmm. and you were talking about how one of the biggest mistakes that you made during your fitness career was thinking that you needed to work out every day yeah could you just talk from the beginning like what did you used to work out like in terms of how often and then talk about how you came to the conclusion that you were working out too much and what that change was like. Just Because I think a lot of people out there, they think they need to be working out six, seven days a week nonstop, and and maybe they they are scared not to do that. Could you just like walk us through your story with that?
1: Yeah, you know, I started going to classes three times a week something like that you know typical you know gym aerobics quote classes where you have a little section of weightlifting at the end with the you know little dumbbells and whatever and um so it started with that and then i would work with a trainer and i would probably see a trainer once a week maybe a couple of those trainers i maybe saw twice a week but it was basically once or twice a week and then i would do a class here or there no real direction just kind of doing my thing but i liked it a lot and as I learned more and time went on, I was in a period of working out six to seven days a week, um, sometimes two workouts a day. Really? Oh, yeah. And not. Why?
0: Why were you doing that?
1: Well, I told everyone because I loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, you know, as we've learned, um, it was more out of fear. Like, I thought more was better. So if one workout was great, boy two must be mm. really good. Man, two days before the summer, let's do it, right? <laughs> and and they weren't like strength workout one part of the day and a cardio workout. No, they were two strength workouts. Really? Oh yeah. And and I didn't put the pieces of the puzzle together and my the symptoms that would come up from that such as unruly fatigue, right? Mm. I was always tired. I started getting nicked up a lot. My shoulders started aching more and more and more, which led to a lot of problems down the road. Um, and I wasn't making any progress. You know, I couldn't see that at the time, but I was making no progress. I was just going through this six or seven days a week, told everybody I loved it. And there's truth in that. I mean, I did love it, but that wasn't the driving reason. It was more based out of fear. And, and when we started working together, the, the funniest part was going from six days a week to the four days
0: a mm. week,
1: which almost drove me batshit crazy. For Do you like remember,
0: like, I send you the program, you open it up.
1: I'm like, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> was, was there a <laughs>
0: panic? Like, was there like, this just must be a mistake? There must yeah. be more workouts? Yeah. Like,
1: And I write about this part in the book a lot because it, it, it was such a big moment for me um yeah I looked at it and thought there had to be stuff missing there this is it you know and I didn't understand I just didn't get it and uh I I I was working out four days a week what am I supposed to do in the other three days a week and I remember writing to you and asking you that and you're like rest you said
0: said, what am I supposed to do on my rest days yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and you said
1: rest (laughs) rest and I'm like, wait, I can't. No, I don't want to rest. Mm. You know, that was probably what I said verbatim. I don't want to rest. I really want to. And I, I whined about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I wasn't, I didn't see you in person then, but I am certain you were like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> here's another one. <laughs> and you said, okay okay here's what you can do and you gave me guidelines that I could go to the gym hop on a bike or something keep my heart rate like so low was ridiculous Um, just to keep me doing something but it wasn't too much and I know you made those guidelines for me super low on purpose Mm -hmm. because I would have pushed and pushed and pushed right and so I was all excited and I went to the gym hopped on that bike and I'm like, oh, no, this is not going to work for me. I was on for like 10 minutes. I'm like, I can't do this. I mean, I just wanted to push, 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 wanted push, push. Wanted to work hard, I wanted yeah. to work. And, and at that moment, I'm like, I can't do this. And there's a part of me that's a rule follower. Mm-hmm. And you know that yep, about yep. me, right? You tell me what to do, and I will do it to a T. Yes. And this is where, on the bike at that moment, I had a real battle. Like, I was going to follow your instructions, and then... I wasn't gonna push it I'm like I can't do this this drives me nuts and I remember writing back to you and saying I will never do that again ever ever and I haven't since yeah I haven't since and I get asked all the time what do you do in the other three days and I'm like I rest and I have found especially as I've gotten older how much my body appreciates that mm. and how much that is going to allow me to keep doing this as long as I want to do it
0: you know I we hear a lot of that like see you know like love and appreciate your body and all that. But practically speaking, I think and you were talking about this earlier in the Inner Circle Live. What happens when you take some time away from the gym, take two, three rest days a week? What happens the other days? Like, I mean, what, what did I do in the other days? What happens when you um, go back to the yeah. gym? Oh, when I go back? Oh, the
1: workouts are fire. Mm. And, and even better than that is the excitement I felt and I still feel to this day yeah. when it's time to go back to the gym. Because I literally, you know, w- we go on the lower, upper, lower, upper split, and in between each one of those is a rest day. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like two rest days, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is even better. Um, you have one kind of built in, and then you take that day. And so if I work out on Monday, rest on Tuesday, whatever, but I, and I walk now too, and that's a difference. So I'm, I'm moving. Wednesday, I can't wait to go. I'm so excited to go.
0: I think this is the thing that people who work out compulsively out of a fear because they feel like they need to or they're going to ruin all their progress if they don't or they're going to get fat, whatever it is, they are going to the gym to work out not because they enjoy it but because if they don't go, then they're going to be so scared that they're losing all their progress. And that is what I found. It's the quickest way to burn out because you're not doing it out of a place of love or excitement or appreciation you're doing it from a place of guilt and fear and anxiety and there's only so long you can continue to do something that just perpetually makes you feel guilty and anxious Mm -hmm. it's like you can't you can't go to the gym for sustainably forever if that's how your relationship with the gym is
1: absolutely and to top to put on top of that not only is that guilt and fear eating you alive but it's inside cuz you're putting on a facade mm, that this yeah. is what you love on the outside and so now you're it's an emotional toll on it takes it takes all the emotion out of I mean it's so hard it takes its toll mentally
0: it's a good point cuz you're every it's funny cuz it, a lot of people will be like oh you're so committed you're mm. so dedicated you're mm-hmm. just you're amazing i could mm-hmm. never do that and and it sort of feeds your ego mm. being like yeah like i'm awesome i'm the best like i am committed i am dedicated but then the idea of not going to the gym now like cuz god forbid you have a rest day now you feel like well am i not that committed person anymore am i not the person that all my friends and family and colleagues think that i am cuz i want a fucking rest day like yeah. you know
1: Th- uh, that was me that was exactly me with working out and also nutrition the exact same thing so i'm i was fighting this emotional battle on the inside on both mm. absolutely
0: so after I'm trying to think about where to, where to transition to here Let, let's go to this what are some of the other mistakes that you made early on in your working out fitness career life journey whatever you want to call it what are some of the the top two to three mistakes that you made throughout the beginning of your journey that you would like anyone listening to not have to make
1: um one of the first nutrition things i talk about in the book is my stint with jenny craig okay and and that i remember jenny craig yeah right um i haven't heard that name in a while right and they're still around <laughs> I remember um, the, the
0: commercials the yeah. tv commercials the jenny craig
1: yep and they've had celebrities be their little spokespeople and all that and um you know it's funny i talked to somebody recently who used to work for them and and i said know, yeah, i'm sure i would like to think it's a little different now than it was back in the early 90s but um it was new back then and it was it was one of these meal plan places where you go and you pick up a week's worth of meals and you eat what they tell you to eat they have a counselor that works with you they have workshops you could attend whatever Th- things like that so I would go get my food, and literally the food was on little trays, like the airplane-sized trays, mm-hmm. right? And you put them in the microwave, and you eat them. And yeah, I lost 50 pounds.
0: 50? 50. You Five 50 zero. pounds?
1: 5 zero. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I can't really even put my finger on the time frame. I don't, it wasn't quickly. It was, it was kind of a medium time frame. Um, But it wasn't like in a month, two months. It was probably maybe, I don't know, five, six months, something like that, which is still significantly fast. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember, especially one phase of Jenny Craig, how they um, were getting you out of the plateau. Oh, yeah. And they reduced your calories for I don't know how many weeks it was. And I remember being miserable.
0: Just Absolutely starving.
1: Starving. Absolutely starving.
0: Could you only eat Jenny Craig? Was yeah. That what it was yeah. Like? You can only eat yeah. our meals? Yeah. Their meals, yep. It's a great business model. Yeah, right? Just, I, mean, <laughs> I mean... You can only eat uh, what we give you. <laughs> so, if you're thinking
1: through... I mean, if you really think about that, think about, okay, so what do you do when it's over? Yeah. You know? I feel like I didn't learn. I mean, I didn't learn anything. I had no idea how much I was eating. I had no idea how many grams of protein I was eating. I had no calories. I didn't know Anything. Mm I just did what I was told, and I lost weight. So on the surface, it sounds like, yeah, that worked really well. Well, no, it didn't because I could not survive without Jenny Craig, Mm -hmm. right? So, of course, that started the yo-yo dieting where I would gain increments. I didn't gain all 50 back, but I would gain chunks back and then lose a little bit. Chunk back, lose a little Mm -hmm. bit. I mean, it was just this back and forth, back and forth as a result. So that would be one of the mistakes is going to... Something like that where you don't learn anything, because that's a big mistake.
0: You know, it's funny that you say that, though, because as you were talking about it, it sounds like literally the best sales pitch, mm-hmm. right? In terms of you don't have to think about anything. You just have to do what we say, and you're going to lose weight. Like yeah. That is literally from a sales copy marketing perspective. That's what people want. They're like, I don't want to think. I don't want just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. What's interesting about that though is that's literally the worst thing you can do is when you're just doing something blindfolded just following instructions and you're not learning, you're not actually, you're not, there's a learning curve to anything. But what sucks is most people don't wanna go through that uncomfortable process of learning, of counting calories, understanding protein, learning what foods are gonna fill you up more. It's, they just wanna be told, tell me what to do and I'll do it. So it it makes a great sales pitch because that's Mm -hmm. really what people want. But what's funny is a lot of times what people want isn't what people need.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely! That was a big mistake, and that started a big uh, yo-yo cycle. You know, I was never the binge eater. I didn't. I never did that. Um, but I was not aware of portion sizes mm. at all. You know, I because I had no idea. No idea. There was no education. With that. And maybe it's different now. Maybe they provide more education with that. I have no idea. Um, but that would be something I would say it's a red flag. Got it's it. a big red flag. The other big one that I, big mistake that I did was I was the clean eater. Mm, I okay. was the one person that um, did have the good versus bad foods. Um, and, and I tell people, you know, when you're my age, we grew up with that. Food was good or bad, you know, it yeah. was it, and it's like the scale it goes up, it's bad, it goes down, it's good. There's no nuance to anything. It was just this or that. And so I did have that relationship with food. But like we were talking about being so disciplined with working out, I was praised for being so disciplined with my nutrition mm-hmm. because I would go to these office gatherings and celebrate birthdays and I would be the one not eating <laughs> whatever cake was brought in. I one time didn't eat my own cake. I did my own birthday cake. I declined, and I made an excuse. I was stuffed because I had a big birthday lunch (laughs) or something like that, and um, I was going to take it home, and I did. um, But um, you know, Mike and Tim pretty much ate that cake. But um, yeah, that was an all-time low, by the way. I think that was really almost an eye-opener for me. Were you in that?
0: Do you remember that moment? Oh yeah, I I remember
1: being humiliated.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, you were embarrassed about it?
1: Totally embarrassed about it. And then, and then the praise comes. You are so strong,
0: <laughs> and you are so disciplined. You know, I, I mean, wish I wish they could see your eyes as you said that you are so strong <laughs> no. for saying no to your You're, cake. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> they people were like in awe that I could do it, and on the inside, I'm dying. Yeah. On the inside, I'm like, I wish I could be like you mm. and be able to enjoy it mm-hmm. and not, you know, freak out that that piece of cake because it's bad was going to ruin everything for me. That's
0: that's such a, it's such a a overlooked aspect of fitness culture. And, um, you know, I think what a lot of people, a term I've heard thrown around a lot is thin privilege, Mm. for example. And that, you know, I, I think, that could be a whole separate discussion if we really want to get down it. But it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, you're, you're, you're thin or you're fit, so you're privileged as a result of that. And yes, definitely certain privileges come because of that. But on the other side, you're assuming that that person has no issues and that they look that way and that they are that way and there's no negative side effects. Yeah. It's like you're and the only thing that you're, that you're doing is you're judging them based on how they look. In the same way that fat shaming, is completely inappropriate and unacceptable, fit-shaming, thin-shaming, mm-hmm. saying that someone's privileged because of that. It's like, you don't know what's going on mentally and emotionally. Yeah. You don't know, they might have a disordered eating habit that you're literally praising them for, for, but you don't know because you're yeah. not in their head. Yeah,
1: yeah. I. I, I wasn't aware of it at the time. I remember of obviously liking the praise, mm-hmm. and that fueled the fire, mm-hmm. that just fueled it even more. Makes you know? it
0: seem like you're doing the right thing.
1: It was validation that what I was doing was correct, mm. absolutely, and that that was just the whole nother misery about it because I think somewhere deep down inside I knew this probably wasn't yeah. a great thing. You know, I and we had to, to take that a step farther, when my family wanted to go out to eat, it was always, I always picked where to go because where they would have something (laughs) that I could eat. Got it. And it's just like, yeah. yeah. uh, So how
0: did you get over the clean eating obsession? How, how, like, what happened?
1: You know, it wasn't a thing that happened. It's when we started working together. And and actually before that, I had been on your email list.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: I had been on your email list, um, and when we started working together, we didn't work together with nutrition.
0: Correct. I just yeah. went
1: to you for training because I thought I had it figured out at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but I did read everything mm-hmm. and I did watch everything. So I'm learning on the side yep. and applying things, and that's where the that's where it started. It yeah. was it you know it wasn't an instant light switch goes on to off. It was slow over time. Learning and learning and still learning. Yeah, because this is something that has been with me my whole life. It's not really going to go away, and I think that's something really important to point out. That's this kind of feeling. I don't think will completely go away. Yeah, but what changes is how you deal with it, and how how the logical voice will take care of the emotional voice at mm. this point. You know, that's the change. Um, because I still get a kick in the gut when I see the scale go up. Yeah.
0: yeah even yeah. though I
1: know what it is. Yeah. And I know it's going to go right back down. hmm I don't like it. But now I just move on, you know, as b- when before it would have been, oh, i got to reduce my calories today, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's just the logical voice is taking over now.
0: I love that. One more mistake. One more mistake that you did. A nutrition mistake? Any mistake. Any mistake. Training. Training.
1: Oh, good. God. Training. Um, yeah, just the two-a-days. What a dumb thing to do. <laughs> Thinking more is better. Yeah, you know, and and bullshitting myself with the oh I love it. Well, yeah, a lot of us love it. Yeah, but I wasn't being honest about that. Yeah, and I was getting hurt, and I was tired, but I kept doing it. That doesn't make any sense. That's when the emotions have taken over. You know,
0: when was the first time that you decided to do a a building or bulk? face what when was the first time and and what was that experience like
1: it was about a year ago
0: a year ago okay One year,
1: a little over a year ago
0: yeah yeah i think it was like november or december yeah,
1: yep. of the previous year um and that was a trip right because i had never done that and just from the perspective of your whole life you want the scale to go down. Every mm. damn day you want that scale to go down. Yeah. And now for the first time ever, I'm going to purposefully try to get it to go the other way. Yeah. That was really scary.
0: Yeah, I, I've been thinking about, <laughs> when you put it that way, I've been thinking about that recently, not just from, from the fitness perspective, but you know, I think I'm, I'm gonna want kids eventually. And, you know it, it's like going from your whole life of trying not to get someone pregnant yeah, right. to then being like okay so now we're actually going <laughs> to try and t- do yeah. this like that's scary yeah so sort of in the same way you spend your whole life trying to get the scale to go down trying to lose weight and all of a sudden it's like okay now we're deliberately going to try to get the scale to go up i would imagine that would be petrifying
1: it was terrifying it was terrifying and i that f- whole first month was nothing more than bullshit because of that.
0: <laughs> I mean well what happened so like what why was the first month just So a whole and lot
1: you of BS? and I talked about this and I'll put put this out there I did not track at all during this time because I'd successfully been in maintenance for years at that point I didn't need to my my plan was to add calories two times a week and it ended up being four times a week as I went through but starting out two times a week and add to 150 to 200 calories um and start with that and it, it would be like oh yeah you know what i'm full mm. i'm not gonna eat those i'm just so full i couldn't eat another bite you know bullshit bullshit bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i
1: mean i was yeah i was full but only because i had eaten my normal amount right can you,
0: can you- so, of course you could have another bite. Right? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could have
1: more than a couple of bites. And um, you and I did a podcast together yeah, about that wow, time. Yeah, we did. Wow, yeah, yeah. I need you, to look that up. See and if I can you put the show pushed notes. back on me yeah. with that. And it was really interesting because that, calling me out on that, I, I was bullshitting myself, right? Yeah. I could have eaten whatever it was I wasn't eating. Um, I was choosing not to subconsciously just because I didn't want to see the scale go up. Yeah. You know, I just didn't want to do it. Um, it was that terrifying, right so I was was sabotaging myself you know and it was conscious but it wasn't I mean it wasn't like I'm not gonna you know it it was underlying
0: you knew in your gut what you should have been doing but subconsciously you were subconsciously you were deliberately not eating more out of a fear of losing your progress gaining extra body fat And, and it's you could say like oh yeah I'm eating more like I'm trying to build muscle but it's so hard it's one of those things I mean I see this all the time uh especially especially with i see this with young men all the time where they're like they're swearing up it's it's funny it works both ways the people who struggle to lose weight swear up and down yeah. that they're in a calorie deficit yeah. they swear i'm doing i swear i'm eating i'm telling i'm eating exactly the number of calories that you say but then when they actually look at the numbers and they actually weigh and measure their food they're like oops i'm actually not i'm, I'm eating way too much it works in reverse too the the people I've worked with who swear up and down, I'm eating as much as you're telling me to, I'm just not gaining weight. When they actually weigh and measure their food, they're eating a fraction of that. And sometimes it's because they're not aware, and other times it's because they're actually fearful of of re- ruining their progress, of reversing their progress, of gaining extra body fat. I think that, that part of muscle gain is very under-discussed. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing that people will do that I've seen them do to sort of combat that is, they might eat more, but then they'll start doing extra cardio.
1: Yes. And yes. it's like,
0: listen, like energy out is a part of this equation too. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to just add in an extra, an extra hour of cardio every day just because you're eating more, well, you're not in a surplus. Like, it's a huge part of the equation.
1: It is. And, and I just want to throw out there too that this happened just a year ago. Yeah. Okay, So it's not like this was way back when in the day. No, this was a year ago. So just to drive home the point that this this kind of stuff that you are brought up with doesn't go away
0: yeah. you just have to learn to deal with it and e- even more to the point that someone as successful as you someone who's as strong and as defined and as knowledgeable as you can still struggle with this stuff. oh yeah yeah I mean
1: yeah absolutely I
0: think people and look at you and just assume she's got it all figured oh, out I mean they go to your Instagram just- what's your Instagram by the way Susan Ebergall Fitness. Susan, We'll put that in the show notes as well. Go follow Susan on Instagram as well. Get her book. Link is in the description. Fit at any age. Uh, But I think people just look at you and, and they just think like, well, she's got it all figured out. She knows exactly what she's doing and she doesn't struggle with it anymore, doesn't struggle with her weight, doesn't struggle with body image. Literally an hour ago, you were telling me that you were feeling fluffy.
1: Yeah. And you're like, I yeah. know I'm
0: not, but I still feel that way. Yeah.
1: It's so funny. I was just going to say, we were, yeah, I, I, we were talking about that saying so this past week, I've been tired, food's been off a little bit, whatever, and I just felt fluffy. And literally, I'm working out here and, and watching myself in the mirror, you so, no, you look far from fluffy, you don't look fluffy. At all, yeah. you know, it's just a feeling that we equate to how we we look. It's like when you 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 feel fat, yeah. you think you are fat, right? Yeah. And it, it's the same kind of thing. I, um, yeah, just 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 a tough week, but just to hammer home that, yeah, I mean, I feel stuff like that all the time. I think it's part
0: of being a human being. I think one of the things that it, one of my the benefits that I've had of just like getting to know you and watching you is seeing the progression over time over the last few years. But especially, especially since I've started seeing you in person on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, I see you at least once a month, mm-hmm. sometimes more. And to see, I, to see the progression of you saying something like, yeah, I feel fluffy, yeah, I don't like how I look, to see the progression of almost like you getting okay with understanding that it's okay to feel that way, but it doesn't mean that you are that way. I think that's sort of a big realization that I've seen you come to and I see a lot of people eventually get to that point but I think a lot of people just expect to all of a sudden as soon as like they're told well you should just love your body they're like well I don't love my body and they feel <laughs> guilty about it it's like well hold on number one just because someone just tells you well you should just love your body doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden just gonna love your body yeah like it's yeah. a ridiculous thing to tell someone to do it's sort of like if you just tell someone well you should just love yourself like Not everyone's going to love themselves. Mm -hmm. It's like to expect them to is unbelievably short-sighted and ignorant and ridiculous and obnoxious and pretentious and however many words I can throw out there. (laughs) So I I think one of the cool things for me has been watching you get to the point in which you're okay understanding this is how you feel. But just because you feel this way doesn't mean you are this way.
1: Yeah, that's been huge. That's been a big revelation of the last five six years probably i think
0: what's your nutrition like now what like what's a what's like a day of eating look like for you
1: you know so funny i did a video on that because that's the thing that everyone wants to see right (laughs) they want to see what do i eat what do i eat and you know, I am not. I don't have recipes. I'm not that that person. Yep. I'm not that person. I eat very very basic. I am a breakfast girl, so I like me some breakfast. Okay. And um, and and I rotate maybe three or four things. Okay. What's some, your
0: favorite breakfast? Number one. Well,
1: some kind of pancake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: but um, uh, an oatmeal and an egg combo. Something either cooked egg, hard boiled eggs, or whatever. Um, I frequent that a lot, and I'll add protein powder sometimes to that. I also do a um, a, a Greek yogurt with some protein powder. And I like putting thawed frozen berries on it because it adds the the juice kind of thing. I like doing that. Um, I like me some protein pancakes. Um, I like to do the old fashioned eggs and toast. And, you know, I mean, I'll eat like that in, in the morning. What I have found over time is that lunch, whatever that is, is not a thing for me that much anymore. Interesting, you know. I used to be, oh, it's lunchtime, <laughs> you know, and I have to eat something because it's lunch. Yeah. and I really think that's a generational thing because yeah. my husband's like that. Like he, what are we gonna do for lunch? It's like I don't know, I'm not hungry. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's uh, it's really interesting. Um, so it's. I wonder pro- if that's
0: also because you worked in the school systems for so long. I wonder if it's like the school is broken up. Like oh, lunchtime. Well, it
1: is exactly because you have your lunch. Period. And that could very well be because I spent my whole life in that. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's very light in the middle of the day or in the afternoon. I, I'm sometimes I'm just not hungry. So I, I will go a sandwich. I will do, um, I've done like put cottage cheese on rice cakes and some fruit. I mean, just something of that kind of size instead of sit down and have this meal. Yep. And then dinner's a wild card because Tim's pretty much the cook and he's changed how he's cooked over the years. So there's, I can always count on a lot of vegetables now, and uh, a protein with whatever is is there.
0: So did he? He um, used to not be like that.
1: Um, no, not so much. W-
0: what did he use? I was mean, like, it would
1: be heavy on, like if you want to use pasta as an example. Okay, okay it'd be yeah. pasta, whatever sauce. There'd be no protein in it. <laughs> None. <laughs> None. Um, but he's very aware of it now.
0: When did he start becoming aware of that?
1: That's a great question. Um, I would say probably in the last five or six years. Was that
0: because you were like, hey, I need protein with dinner?
1: I've made a comment every now and <laughs> again. <laughs> or he would see me go into the kitchen and get some pre-cooked chicken and add to it, whatever. Got it, got it. And, okay. and, and then I would explain to him. And he has made a concerted effort and has gotten so much better. And Mike, because Mike's in on this now, you know, he knows Mike will want it too. Yeah. So, so now it's kind of just normal. But our, our dinners are just very basic dinners too. So, and then I, I, I am still, it's interesting, I'm still figuring out the late afternoon piece because I'm really hungry there because my lunches are light. So, yep. I'm, I'm trying to find that balance and finding how to do that. Not, what I'm coming up with is I'll do a protein shake and maybe some fruit or something like that. And that fits really, mm. really well. But this is what feels good to me. Yeah. It's boring. Um,
0: Consistency is boring. I,
1: it is, but I like it. Yeah. It's not like I'm, oh, I'm so sick of this. No, because I rotate things, right? Um, so it's very basic, but the best part about it is I know how to eat and maintain my weight. Yeah. Like, I, from that muscle-building phase, I gained six pounds. One pound for every month, yep. right? Did it for six months. Since then, I didn't go into a cut. I just went back to what I normally do. And I've dropped maybe three of those pounds, just naturally, just yep. whatever. And this is where I'm staying that's um, amazing um within and that's been a year with me not doing it's the power of knowing your maintenance right yeah it's super powerful does that mean i mean we had pizza the other night yep. and it's because i don't want anybody to think that the, that sample that what i just said is the only thing i eat correct no we go out we've had takeout during covid all the time yep. you know i eat things i don't count or account we literally for them. just
0: went and got sandwiches <laughs> an hour ago we got we sandwiches and yeah. other stuff from yeah. yeah and we had pizza the other night like yeah you're a very flexible dieter. Yeah.
1: I've learned to be able to do that,
0: but the thing is, and this is it sort of goes back to what you're saying, and that it's boring. Is like when you're when you come up to New York, that's one time a month. It's like the that's not the majority of the time. It's not what you do. Some of the time that matters It's what you do most of the time that matters. And most of the time, you have a, a similar breakfast, similar lunch ish, if you want lunch ish, and similar dinner ish. Yeah, right. It's yeah. like you cycle the same things mm-hmm. consistently. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking about this on the Inner Circle Live earlier, but a Lot of people they want their nutrition guidelines to change all the time, they want to change their macros, they want to change their calories, they want to change this. It's like the reality is, if you're doing it properly, it's boring, it's yeah. the same thing over and 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 over. I'm gonna keep saying it and no, I'm over sorry. and yeah. over and over. It's it's boring, yeah. and that's what you know. It's funny, I know a lot of people. A lot of the YouTubers do like a day of eating, da-da-da-da. And it's because people, they click on it, it's clickbait. People like to, I see YouTubers do it over and over and over and over again, because they know they're gonna get views from people saying, oh, I wonder what they're eating today. It's like, they're they're eating the same things over and over and over again. A lot of times they'll make things up for those YouTube videos just to try and get more excitement and engagement and just to get more views again. But the people who are the healthiest, who have uh, the lowest body fat, highest muscle mass, they eat the same things over and over and over again over and over yeah it's boring
1: it it is and um i'm sure my video was super boring i mean it got a ton of views but it was i mean that was kind of it there's nothing flashy there's no little trick or you know i do talk about like i've learned how to add some liquid egg whites to to add some more protein in there you know if you want to call that a little trick whatever um adding protein powder to things Maybe another little trick. But aside from that, there, you know, it, it's the same
0: stuff. I remember I did a full day of eating once. And during the whole making of the video, I was like, why am I doing this? I remember because like I was looking in the camera and being like, and now I'm going to have cottage cheese. <laughs> I and I just felt so dumb. I was like, okay, cottage cheese is high in protein and I enjoy it. You could also have Greek yogurt. And I just have this dumb, like, little smile, pained smile on my face being like, I guess I'm going to show these people me eating cottage cheese. cheese. Like, yeah. the f- why the fuck are they watching me eat cottage cheese? <laughs> I feel awkward eating yeah. cottage cheese on camera. Yeah, It's like, but <laughs> it's the unsexy, unmarketable thing to say. It's just, it's boring.
1: I think people are think that there's some trick, right? There's yeah. some little something that they want to know that we're doing. Yeah, But the reality is, no, it's just, boring stuff It's. <laughs> I mean
0: it's all it is yeah
1: yeah it is um but it, it's uh it I, it's one of these things that that I get asked a, a lot about what I eat um and the fact that I don't track and I want to make that really clear that I spent long periods of time tracking yeah and I was one of those anti-trackers for really many 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 years you were against
0: I'd, calorie counting
1: uh, yeah for no no legit reason, okay, <laughs> other than I assumed it was going to be awful. Interesting. I assumed it was going to take, and I remember telling people this, the love out of eating, you know, <laughs> and, and because I'm going to have to measure or, or track or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was one of those people, and that's why I didn't do
0: it for so long at it's all. So I've always found that, that uh, justification against calorie counting funny because I'm like, well, if you measure food for a recipe – doesn't take the love out of the food There, like, yeah, you measure no. it so you know you're getting the right recipe like yeah it's, it's one of the actually i think it makes you appreciate the food more yeah like when I, have, I remember like when i was a kid and i would make recipes with my mom and i'd weigh and measure out the food to make sure we're getting the recipe right some of my most fond memories of my childhood it's like it's weighing out a food doesn't give you an unhealthy relationship with the food it's like you weigh and measure food for a recipe yeah. too. It's the connotation that comes with it. It's are you, are you punishing yourself because of it? Or are you able to enjoy the food? It's, like, it's, it's not the act of weighing it and measuring it. It's why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it to punish yourself, well yeah, now you're gonna have a negative relationship with it. If you're doing it to enjoy it with yourself and your family, your friends, like now it's a positive connotation. Yeah. When, what led you to trying calorie counting? <clears throat>
1: When I joined Inner Circle, Really? Yeah. When I joined the Inner Circle, one of the first months I was in, the nutrition guidelines were, um, what a way to start, too. I I don't know if this, actually, I don't know if that was the first time I tracked, but it's the one I remember the most, is when we had the week of rapid fat loss, week of intermittent fasting, uh, alternating weeks. I remember, yeah. I think I'd actually started tracking a little bit before that, but the true, like, this is. I'm going to do this guideline from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, that was an eye-opener for me. The biggest reason is it made me sit down and figure it out. Mm. When you're on so few calories yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And that one week, um, I had to really legit figure out how, if I want to eat four times a day, okay. That's how I did it. I said, I want to eat four times a day, I wanna have some, just so I'll be able to feel like I'm eating, right? Yep. How am I going to... What am I going to eat at each one of those times to come out with this little number at the bottom, yeah. right? Um, I learned so much just from that.
0: Mm-hmm. It was insane. So you, you actually had to research, like, what yeah. food's high in protein, yeah. lower in calories. Google was my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Google was
1: my friend because I am not an app girl, and I'll put that out there. I've never, ever used an app to track.
0: Interesting.
1: Ever. <laughs> and I won't start now. I mean, at this point. this. An old dog can learn new tricks. I'm not sure that's one of them I want to learn at this point. Yeah, yeah You know, yeah. really, the fine art of that. Because if I ever want to track again, I know how to do it the way I know how to do it. Yeah. And it worked for me. Just so writing it down
0: on a pen and paper.
1: It, that's how I started. But I, I progressed to a spreadsheet <laughs> because I figured out the spreadsheet will just add the numbers
0: for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: um, that's the only reason why I did that
0: <laughs> That's, you know, and I know you and I are on the same page with this. Rapid fat loss gets a really bad rap. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think you and I are the first ones to say 97% of people should not start with rapid fat loss. Yeah. But one of the major benefits of someone doing a, a very brief three to seven day, very uh, uh, restricted calorie protocol, not from the perspective of you're going to completely change your body in this time frame, but from the perspective of this is your calorie limit. It's very strict. You are now required to do a significant amount of research to figure out what foods will fit within this calorie range. It's sort of like um, I'm trying to think of a, of a good analogy, but you know, when you're in school, maybe you, you have a project yeah. to do. I was thinking and, the exact
1: same thing. And you're waiting, and yeah. like
0: you wait until 48 to 24 hours yep. left before it's yep. due, and you get it all done, and you learn a ton in that small time frame versus instead of doing it for the entire semester. Maybe the teacher told you you had the whole semester to do it, but you actually do it in 48 hours. I think it's, it's the same thing. When you are required to have a very small amount in, in this brief time frame, you learn so much mm-hmm. because you're required to track every calorie. You're required to do the research for it. You learn what foods fill you up for fewer calories in a brief period of time. Again, not from the perspective of you're going to completely change your, your body composition, but from the perspective of you're going to learn more about food in the next week than you would otherwise in a year because you'd be doing it so loosely and not really taking it seriously. There's a huge merit to that
1: absolutely there is and and interestingly when i did that i didn't own a scale so i had no idea how much weight i lost
0: really I had
1: no idea no i didn't own a scale until a couple years ago when what you did it? the february, just another
0: february 2019 just another it?
1: muggle yeah just challenge. another muggle challenge yeah. yeah that's when i got a scale so when i did that it, with the inner circle way back in the day I had no idea how much weight I had actually lost. Interesting, Um, because I didn't know how much I weighed to start. So I mean, really, (laughs) I really didn't know. But I did notice. Oh, the clothes completely changed. Everything changed. So I was using that as more of a barometer, and then pictures. Which I think is a better
0: one. I think clothes are a much better barometer as opposed. I think the scale is a valid one, but clothes are are a much more. um, I think they're more important than the scale. Yeah. I think, I think it's funny. If we're doing like overrated, underrated, I would say clothes and measurements are underrated mm-hmm. and scale, scale is, is overrated.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I remember for so many years, and, and one reason why I wrote this book is because so much of what I did is so relatable. Mm. And I know people talk about fitting into jeans, women fitting into jeans, because it can be a nightmare. Yep. And every season... When the season would change and I, you'd have to start wearing pants, I would panic. Like, what pants are going to fit me this time? I don't know. I wouldn't know. Wow. You know? And I had two sets of clothes in my closet.
0: Really? I did. I did. And I had... Did they have a name? Like, one clothes? Like...
1: In my head, it was fat and skinny. Got it. Know, okay. In my head. Yep. Um, and which pair of jeans is it going to be from this pile or this pile? Yep. You know? And the same thing when it turned into wearing shorts. Okay, is it going to be this pair of shorts wow. or this pair of shorts? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I never knew. You know because I never had success in keeping that mm. and the whole you know I hear this from women all the time that way they have two sets of clothes yeah you know, the fat and skinny clothes yeah, yeah yeah and it's almost kind of they laugh it off and I would do the same back there but there was no laughing on the inside yeah you know, it was all on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was hard and and to this day stepping in a pair of jeans I still get that familiar little mm. every time I put on a pair of jeans just like is
0: they really like, gonna fit like fear. <laughs> yeah. fear yeah
1: yeah yeah for a split second it's still there um, yeah because I, I would not allow myself to buy anything larger than what I was in my closet
0: got it you know
1: no matter it was like punishment you know you, you no you have to fit in those jeans because you didn't do something right yeah right? I mean just what a cycle an emotional cycle yeah. with all of that did you
0: include that story in the book
1: yeah I did
0: yeah. so Susan thank you so much for coming on uh, I want to remind everyone that you can get Susan's new book Fit at Any Age link is in the show notes go get it right now Uh, Is there anything you want to add before we sign off?
1: No. um, Just want everyone to know that um, the whole purpose in this book is just to let you know that you can do it too. And
0: hence the subtitle, It's Never Too Late. I love that. And and I love it, you know, you're 60. Yeah. All the time. I know you get questions and I get questions a lot. I think a a lot of times I'll get questions because, you know, I'm like a, a young guy even though i don't look young you know fully bald a lot of people are like what are you 60 because like but i'm a young guy and a lot a lot of women will message me being like is it possible for a woman who's 40 or is it possible for a woman who's 45 and i was like or, or when who's 50 or 60 i'm like go look at susan <laughs> like go look at susan and so for anyone who's like i'm just not sure if it's possible for me go get susan's book link is in the description She's going to tell you all about her, her story, give you every all of the mistakes that she's made. A really amazing book. If you're lacking confidence in yourself, if you're not sure where to begin or what to do, I think Fit at Any Age is uh, the best place to begin. So, Susan, Thank you. I love you. I love you, too. I'll talk to you soon, Thank all right? You.